Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
these ups and downs we call living. Thank you for the good times and the better times. Thank you for the rainy days and sunshine. Thank you for the journey that we're journeying. For all the lessons we are learning. Thank you for the good times and the better times. So to you I raise this cup of mine. That we're wearing. Thank you for good times and the better times. So to you I raise this cup of mine. This cup of mine. Blessing upon your head. Blessing upon your head. Smile shining, keep the smile shining, keep the blessings coming, keep the blessings coming till the cups are flowing, till the cups are flowing. Blessing upon your head. Blessing upon your head. Smile shining, keep the smile shining, ke
בקשו פונוב, בקשו פונוב, פונוב טובי. בקשו פונוב טובי.
That's uh, Eitan Katz, of course, Ani Maminoff of Unplugged, volume number two here at JM and the AM. Uh, before that, you heard Ben Sion Lehrer with Adbali Dai, Amachaya, title track to Avremel's CD, Soul Farm with Sabenu, Mivakesh off of the Achenu brand new collection, Eighth Day with Thank You from Hule and Regesh Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. It's a cold Wednesday on this January 29th, day 28 in the month of Shvat, the year 5774. Erev Rosh Chodesh will be tomorrow. Friday and Shabbos will be Rosh Chodesh. Adar Aleph is on the way, the very first of the uh, collection of months of Adar that we have this year. A total of two. 16 degrees, 6 is the wind chill, there's snow on the ground. And I am frustrated by the cold weather. 70, 73% humidity, winds are west at 7 miles per hour. Morning snow showers with a high of 24. Clear skies tonight, a low of 14. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high temperature of 30. Ah, 68 in Yerushalayim. We're at 16 here in Jersey City. Uh, the uh, temporary home of the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos, who I uh, assume are still resting in their respective hotels, just uh, hundreds of feet away from WFMU's JM and the AM headquarters. The mayor of Jersey City is scheduled to join us. He'll kick off hour number three with us today. Our friends from Sinai are scheduled to uh, visit us this morning here at JM and the AM. We'll speak with Jeff Strick, who's got the kosher concession for the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium. Ellie Rosenfeld is scheduled to join us with a Super Bowl prediction from Empire. Legendary Destinations. Alan's going to be here. We'll talk about the uh, difference in the weather <clears throat> between uh, Jersey City and Cape Coral. And from what I hear, it's rather significant. That's what I hear, at least. Anyway, welcome to a Wednesday. My thanks to uh, everybody who's been speaking about the Jay Glazer interview from yesterday. Jay Glazer from Fox Sports was with us in the third hour yesterday and made quite an impression. Someone tweeted, <laughs> someone tweeted about uh, Rabbi Jay Glazer. That's what he sounded like yesterday. He was giving amazing musser. All I want, all I want to do is talk football. That's all I want to do is talk football. 
And everybody's talking about uh, Torah and inspiration, which, re- which really was an amazing inspiration. Uh, Jay Glazer was a great guest yesterday. If you, for, uh, if you were not able to hear it, uh, head to the archives later on at the jmnam.org. Also, a, I am sure a great job by Yussi's Weig last night. I conked out last night. I completely conked out last night. So I uh, did not hear the 9 at 9. In fact, I'm thinking of uh, retweeting the entire 9 at 9 right now to get it into our Twitter feed. But then I said to myself, wait, the 9 at 9 is being replayed at 9 o'clock this morning. Maybe I should retweet everything then. Uh, anyway, I have a feeling I'm going to do it now, but uh, I am sure it was a great job. I was a little surprised. I already, I already cheated and saw who uh, who got the number one slot last night. A little bit of a surprise uh, that uh, a specific song got into number one uh uh, with all the competition out there from Yaakov Shweki and Lipa and Eighth Day, I was a little surprised, but uh, a nice result in the nine at nine. Uh, you'll hear the whole thing if you missed it last night. You'll hear the whole thing on our stream right after JM in the AM, starting at nine AM Eastern Time at jmnam.org, and we highly recommend it. It's always a very fun show. Twenty-two minutes before seven o'clock. Good morning. It's a Wednesday. It's JM in the AM. It's very cold. If you're heading to school and work, bundle up properly in this uh, January freeze. When's it going to break? When's it going to end? I have no idea. I did notice this morning that they're calling for pretty good weather for the Super Bowl. Certainly pretty good for what we've been used to over the last few days. So I guess that's good news all around. Yehuda Green is next. This is JM in the AM.
bow, guys. This morning, take a bow, take a bow. Come on, come on, the other, take a bow. Easy, Yoki Shoki, this morning.
Wednesday morning, J.M. in the A.M., Atrick Ho, done by uh, Yaakov Shweki, off the brand-new Kolot CD. Udi Davidi had Sameach. You heard Avremo, Avram Fried, with a nice throwback song. Dida Bay, I see that uh, Yossi Zweig's doing a whole bunch of throwback songs now during the 9 at 9. Figured we'd do one of our own here at J.M. in the A.M. Days are coming with Yehuda Green. Opened up that set two minutes before 7 o'clock on a Wednesday Tomorrow is Erev Rosh Chodesh. Adar Rishon will be um, commemorated Friday and Shabbos, obviously the actual month, 
will begin on Shabbos. 16 degrees, the wind chill at 6, 73% humidity, and winds are west at 7 miles an hour. Morning snow showers with a high of 24. There was snow on the ground this morning. That made me really happy. After being completely frustrated by the freezing weather yesterday, I was so glad to see snow on the ground early this morning. Oh, what a sight. And it was really nice and white and beautiful this morning. Uh, I know that's not going to last for too long, but um, when it first comes down, it's pretty nice looking. Clear skies tonight, low 14. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high temperature of 30. Yerushalayim is at 68. We're at 16 here in Jersey City. Coming up in a few minutes, Jeff Strick is going to join us. He's in charge of kosher food for the Super Bowl. If you're going to the game Sunday, if you're heading out there to brave the elements, to sit there after sunset in the cold and wind, at least you can have some good kosher food. So he'll join us to explain all that coming up here at JM in the AM. Also, our friends from Sinai are going to be here. Their big event is coming up. The mayor of Jersey City, Mayor Stephen Fulop, who is a uh, Yeshiva Day School graduate and has been all over the news because the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos have chosen Jersey City to call their home for this week. He's scheduled to join us at 8 o'clock this morning here at JM in the AM. And there's somebody who could tell us a little bit about better weather than what we're having up here, our friends from Legendary Destinations, they're scheduled to join us today as well. I would assume that the weather in Cape Coral, Florida, as they're getting ready for Pesach, is a little better than what we're having up here. That's what I'm assuming. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard a listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmdm.org. I remind everybody coming up at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, we're going to feature last night's 9 at 9. By the way, you can already vote for the 9 at 9. Yeah, how cool is that? Voting is open for next week. Uh, but in terms of today, you'll be able to hear last night's 9 at 9 if you uh, log on to jmtheam.org right after JM and the AM this morning. And uh, Yossi Zwag will have the countdown. And like I said earlier, I was a little surprised at what ended up at number one. A lot of good music, including the number one. A lot of good songs. Uh, but I thought that Yaakov Shweki or Eighth Day or... Uh, Lipa would uh, take the number one stot, uh, slot, rather. And uh, I was a little surprised by the results. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world in the web, jmdm.org. After the 9 at 9 album of the week coming up, and then Yassi's Weig with a Z-Report live lunch, all on our stream at jmnam.org. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio News is next at jmnam. Tzal Hashem Ashtarim, Kanran Yavnei, Ima Shekore Achshav. Segen Oad Shoham, Ktsin Tzal, Shechisel Batzorayim, Eta Mechabela Falastini, Shenisa Levatsa Pigua, Samuch Leramala, Shechzer Eta Mikre, Berayon Legalei Tzal. Mechabel, Mimuli, Mechodat Zoheret, Yorea Alai, Achei Kama Shinyot, Ani Mezin, Shezeru Ha'emiti, Shezeru פרק לקוח שלי שהתפסו מחסות, שיורים עלינו, תוך כדי אני מבצע ירי של מספר כדורים חיים על האויב. האויב נופל על הרצפה שהיד שלו מורמת למעלה עם האקדח, ומשם בעצם האירוע הסתיים. 
התייחסות ראשונה של שר החינוך שי פירון לפרשת המורה לאזרחות אדם ורטה, שזומן לשימוע בגלל שהשמיע בכיתה עמדות שמאלניות. כתבתנו יערה ברק שמעה אותו בכנס של המכון למחקרי ביטחון לאומי. אני חושב שאסור לפטר מורים ואנשי חינוך על רקע של מתחים אידיאולוגיים. אבל מותר, בהחלט מותר, בהחלט מותר לנזוף ובהחלט מותר לברר, ולא קרה כלום, הכל בסדר, מישהו אמר אמירה. מנהלים דיאלוג, למה אמרת, מה אפשר, מה אי אפשר. בסך הכל אנחנו חברה מרובדת ומקוטבת, ויש לנו כל מיני אתוסים שאנחנו צריכים לשמר אותם כחלק מהחוסן הלאומי, ולא כל דבר הוא היסטריה. זה ראה בעקבות חשיפת גלי צהל אתמול על הופעתו המתוכננת של אייל גולן בפסטיבל להעצמה נשית באילת. צופית גרנט אמרה בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים עם יעל דן, לא אבטל את ההשתתפות שלי, אגיע כדי למחות נגד גולן. כשאני עכשיו אעניש אלפי נשים שקנו כרטיסים כדי לראות אותי, נהפוך הוא. אני אעלה לבמה, אני אגיד בדיוק את מה שאני חושבת, אני עולה ומופיעה בדיוק בנושאים האלה. אני עומדת על הבמה וההופעה שלי מתחילה בעובדה שהייתי קורבן לניצול מיני קשה. שר הביטחון משה בוגי יעלון מדבר על המשא ומתן המדיני ושוב עוקץ ברמיזה את ארצות הברית. אנחנו נמצאים בתוך תהליך מדיני שבו יש מי שמצפה שנגיע מהר להסכם קבע למרות כישלון הניסיונות הפנומנליים ב-20 השנים האחרונות ובוודאי כישלון של 100 שנות סכסוך וניסיונות לחלק את השטח, את הארץ הטריטוריאלית, ניסיונות שכשלו, שמבחינתנו לב הסכסוך והיא הנכונות שלהם משחר הציונות, להכיר בזכותנו להתקיים כמדינת הלאום של העם היהודי, בזה שהם גבולות. הרמטכ"ל בני גנץ מותח ביקורת על העיכוב באישור התוכנית הרב-שנתית של צה"ל. טל אברהם שמע אותו באירוע הבוקר, לזכרו של אמנון ליפקין שחק. צה"ל מנסה כבר השנה השלישית לקבוע תר"ש חדש. תכננו את חלמיש, הייתה מחאה חברתית. תכננו את עוז, התחלפה הממשלה. הכנו את תעוזה, אנחנו מחכים לאישור. זו התנהלות לא נכונה מבחינת המיצוי המשאבי. בסוף כולם משלמים על זה יותר ומקבלים מזה פחות. המשטרה תבקש היום להאריך את מעצרם של ארבעת הנערים מאשדוד החשודים במעורבות בהקטטה שבה נדקר אתמול נער נוסף בחניון בית ספר. כתבנו רמי שני מוסר שאחד הנערים הודה בחקירתו בביצוע הדקירה. משטרת לכיש עדיין לא ביצעה עמו שחזור. התחזית נאה עם עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך חדר שיפר.
J.M. and the A.M. Kaf al Kaf done by Lipa. Well, if you're going to the big game this Sunday, if you're going to be at Super Bowl 48, the most important person in the building for you might be the person who is with us live via telephone. Sorry about that. The most important person in the in the stadium on Sunday, MetLife Stadium, might be Jeff Strick. He is the uh, head of the proprietorship that we call Strictly Kosher. We have seen him and his staff in many stadiums and arenas, especially in the New York and New Jersey area, and he will be selling kosher food at the Super Bowl 
this coming Sunday. Jeff Strick, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to talk with you. How are you doing? Everything is wonderful. How many years are you doing stadiums and uh, arenas now? Uh, about 14 or 15 years, I would say. Amazing. And the majority of stands that we see uh, in this area of the country are yours, correct? Correct. Uh, all right. Well, I can only imagine. I know that the, you know. There's always. Uh, I, I guess there's always a negotiation, always a procedure when it comes to uh, getting into an arena, working with a team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, was it very difficult to get this gig to have the people from Super Bowl 48 allow you to uh, sell kosher food at MetLife Stadium? Well, they're good people at MetLife and the NFL and the DNC, Delaware North Company, and I've been with them for many years and. Uh, can only talk very highly about them. They, they care about their customers, the clientele, and they're willing to do just about anything. So you got to tip your hat to them. So this was not a question. This was not no. an issue that uh, you'd be able to go ahead and uh, and sell on Sunday. How how many uh, how many different uh, booths, stands, locations do people need to know about? How many? How... Okay, we've got on the on the field level. We've got two stands. One is located at section one twenty one which is on the east side. The other one's 144, which is on the west. If you go up to 300 level, it'll be 308, and the other stand will be 334. If you're on the fourth level, which is the clubs, the east club, which is called the Chase, the other one's called the Lexus, it's on the edge of each club. It's got a big sign that says Glock Kosher on it. So, And if you're in the coaches club, the expensive one will provide a, a, the food there as well. Unbelievable. So anybody who wants to eat kosher will have absolutely no problem this Sunday. Exactly. We'll have a minion probably. The first one minute will be about 4 o'clock. <laughs> what time do you expect people to start coming in? When are they opening the gates on Sunday? 2 o'clock. At 2 p.m.? And Mincha means that at uh, whatever stand gets ten men, you'll have it. Oh yeah, easily. We have Sidorum <laughs> easily. <laughs> and you're and you're expecting to see a uh, a plenty of people from our community at the game. Absolutely, no Absolutely. question about it. Jeff Strick is with us. We call it strictly kosher, and he'll be at the Super Bowl. Now, I- I'm sure one of the curiosities that people have, and I don't know what you're allowed to say or not allowed to say about this. Uh, I'm sure that when you uh, go ahead and sell kosher food at a Jet or Giant game. It's listed at a certain price. Do we have to assume that because it's the Super Bowl, it's going to be a lot more expensive? Everything's a lot more expensive. Everything. Simple as that. And that's that's beyond your control, correct? Correct. correct. Whatever they tell you, you got to do. The NFL is setting up all the uh, everything. So you were recommended by the Jets and Giants City NFL, correct. but they're in charge of the game. Correct. And it's been easy for you, I mean, relatively speaking. Thank God. You know, God's in charge of everything. That's yeah. the bottom line. I understand that. You know my saying? I do the best, I let him do the rest. <laughs> I, I just wonder how high he's going to make the prices on Sunday, that's all. <laughs> Higher the better. i got to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> a good point. What's on the menu Sunday, by the way? You walk into a typical stand in MetLife Stadium at the Super Bowl. What could people enjoy? Well, you'll get hot dogs, you'll get knishes, you'll get pretzels, you'll get uh, chicken nuggets. Uh, if you're in the clubs, you'll get wings, you'll get wraps. If you're in the coaches club, it'll be more upscale. It'll be brisket sandwiches. It'll be um, the other one. It'll be corned beef sandwiches. The the coaches club, by the way, is done by Sushi Mitsuyan, which is located in Muncie. Right. Or by Blech. We work together. So you'll see an excellent product over there as well. So plenty yeah. of cooperation, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nice to hear. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. We're talking about big business, a big industry, and uh, thank God everyone's cooperating. It's wonderful to hear. Um, where else can we find you during the winter? We know about Yankee Stadium for sure. That's something right. that, uh, you can come out to the uh, Section 20 by the Newark uh, Arena, the New Jersey Devils, the Prudential Center. 
will be open over there actually Monday night is a hockey game with the New Jersey Devils. And until the baseball season comes, that's what that's where it is. And what's happening tonight at Yankee Stadium? It's a hockey game. I think it's the uh, New York Rangers against the New York Islanders. And will you will you be th- will you be there or not? Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> You're going to be in the freezing cold at Yankee Stadium tonight for the hockey game. Yeah, I actually was up most of the night in the 300 level, and I'll be there again. We'll have a big minion again. Unfortunately, I have to say cottage. Mm. But, uh, you know, thank God we have a minion for whoever needs it. And tonight it's, uh, what would you say, the 300 level? Three, tonight we'll have a minion at 300 level. We'll have a minion on the 100 level by gate 6. But I'll be on the 300 level. Whoever wants to say hello to me, it's fine. Unbelievable. I'll be happy to say hi. So tonight, the Rangers, Islanders, and Strictly Kosher. Sunday, it's the Seahawks and Broncos and Strictly Kosher all at MetLife Stadium. I guess everyone said anybody who's heading to the game, they'll be fine, right? You got it. Plenty of food and uh, great camaraderie, I'm sure. Absolutely, and it'd be a great game. Make sure you take some pictures. I'm curious to see photos of who's at the game from our community. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Good luck. Anytime. Thanks again. I'll see you soon. Jeff Strick, maybe the most important person at Super Bowl 48. He's in charge of the kosher food. If you just tuned in and you're heading to the game, he'll be at 121 on the field level, 144 on the field level, 308 upstairs, 334 upstairs. Uh, they'll also be on the club level and, of course, in the coaches club providing some really cool food as well. Uh, he did warn us. I asked him straightforward, and he gave us a straightforward answer. I said, uh, will it be more expensive because it's the Super Bowl? And he said, absolutely, yes. So be prepared for that. Uh, but if you want the stadium food, he's got it. You can go to strictlykosher.com, get more information about his operation and how he provides kosher food at so many places during the winter and summer around this area. JM in the AM at 16 minutes after 7 o'clock.
Nochi Kronband with Tzadik off of the uh, CD entitled Banai. Baruch Levine before that with Samchem. Wednesday morning, JM the AM. If you missed my conversation with Jeff Strick, he may be the most important person in MetLife Stadium this Sunday. He's selling the kosher food in a variety of places in the stadium. Uh, and says there'll be a minion for Mincha around 4 p.m. for those of you who are in the uh, Super Bowl arena early. Um... If you missed it, uh, check out the archive section later on at jmnam.org, and uh, you'll get all the information. Tonight, by the way, he will be at Yankee Stadium for those of you who are braving the elements for the Ranger-Islander game. Apparently, it's this uh, really unique thing to uh, 
to go and attend an outdoor hockey game. And if you're doing that this evening, you'll have an opportunity to uh, get some kosher food. Section 20, I believe he said, or Gate 6. One, oh, no, 20 was in the Prudential Center. I believe it's Gate 6 at Yankee Stadium, plus food available on the 300 level as well. Wednesday morning was 16 degrees, morning snow showers, and a high temperature of 24. Mayor of Jersey City joins us about a half hour from now. Sinai's got their big dinner coming up on February the 9th. Special guests are in our studio. We'll get started after Rabbi Goldwasser here at JM in the AM. Uh, we have some very prominent and uh, wonderful honorees to speak about and a great organization to update you about. February 9th is the dinner. It's all coming up right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser has said his words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. One time there was a wealthy man who had a store. Ganovin broke in and emptied him out. The man returned to his store and salvaged whatever had remained. He opened up a new store. Although he did not return to his former glory, he was comfortable. Not long after, Ganovin broke in once again and took whatever was left. The wealthy man returned with what he salvaged from the second Geneva, plus selling his wife's jewelry. He opened up just a little store in order to sustain his family. Once again, Ganovim came and took what was left. The person at this point had no other choice but to just buy little merchandise and to go from village to village selling as a peddler, either selling his merchandise for money or in exchange for bread and eggs. As this poor man walked between two villages with just a little bit of merchandise, a little bit of food, a ganav came riding up on a horse. As much as the poor man cried and begged, the ganav nevertheless stole whatever he had left. He got back up on his horse and rode off. The penniless Oni began to cry out bitterly when he recalled how wealthy he had been and contemplated how his situation had deteriorated to where it was now. He would have to go home without anything at all for his family. Suddenly, while he was crying, he saw in the distance that the Ganov had fallen from his horse and could not get up. The horse began to trample him and killed him. The Oni ran over to the Ganov, and to his utter amazement, he found the Ganov's bundles, all the schaira, all the money that had been stolen from him over the past Kufa. He took all the money back and returned in peace to his house. He once again became the wealthy man that he had been in the beginning. The great Rav Nachman of Breslov explains that there is a great Musar Haskell that we can learn from this. It is usur, it's forbidden, for a person to give up hope. Sometimes we see that a person's muzzle's going down. They steal from him. They steal again. He's beaten and downtrodden. However, a person should never ever despair. Rather, he should direct his eyes to the Baal Harachamim. He should cry and plead to him and ask that Hashem should see him in his situation. Then the time will come that Hashem will lift him up. He will be able to reestablish and everything that was taken will be returned. And so too, in the future, Shuva Hashem es Shivas Tzion, Hayinu Kechomim. When Hashem will return us from captivity, we will have been like dreamers. All that was ever taken will be returned to us when we reestablish in the days of Mashiach. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik.
Have a nice day. JM in the AM. It's a Wednesday morning broadcast here at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. The Sinai Dinner is coming up. The Sinai Schools have their 2014 annual benefit dinner on February the 9th, happening at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck, New Jersey. Sinai has been a uh, an incredible organization and school in our community for so many years. You can go to the web at sinaischools.org for information. And this year they have a very prominent dinner with great honorees. And in our studio uh, we have uh, both the dean of a Sinai, Rabbi Strulli Rothwax. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thanks very much. Nice to see you again. And we are treated this morning. I believe it's the first time he's ever been here. Am I right, Chazen? Absolutely. The first time, and that is Chazen Cantor Joseph Malavani, Fifth Avenue Synagogue, and about a thousand other credits that I could list <laughs> in terms of his illustrious, illustrious career. It is an honor to welcome you here. And it's my uh, pleasure. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Actually, you interviewed me on over the telephone. Right. I remember once I called you from Moscow even. But uh, in the studio for the first time, yeah. I yeah. think in those days, going and, uh, and speaking to us from Moscow was a really big deal. Now it's like, you know. Of course. Now people course. are back and forth. Of course. And, and they've got the freedom to travel and all that. Sure. But you But you saw Eastern Europe and the Ukraine and Russia in a much different era, Hazen Balavari. Yeah, of course. Funny enough that you talk about Ukraine. I was supposed to have called you today. From, from the Ukraine? From Kiev. I was going to have a concert on Monday night at the Opera House in Kiev with the Philharmonic Orchestra, but on Friday morning, I was just about packing my cases to leave on Mozart Shabbos. They called up to say that it's cancelled because of the big uh, revolution, whatever they call it. The there. political turmoil. Yeah, the turmoil, and it's a bit of a bloody turmoil too. Yeah. So uh, they cancelled it, so I stayed home, so I was able to come to your studio. Otherwise, it would have been a telephone call from Kiev. We have a lot to talk about this morning because Sinai sure. does incredible work. But I, but I must ask you first. Sure. And I'm sorry, Rabbi Rothwax, you're at fault. You brought Chazim Alvani with you. So you're <laughs> what is it like to be in countries like Germany, Poland, the Ukraine we mentioned, Russia, yes. and sing in places that in 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 which the same building in in which the same buildings declarations were being made against Jews and plans to exterminate Jews were being it must be the most unbelievable feeling years and decades later to be there and to be spreading Yiddishkeit there. For example, the city of Częstochowa in 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 Poland, which is uh, for the Catholic a big 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 Indian, uh, the Philharmonic Hall is exactly on the spot where the great synagogue used to be with a famous cousin, Birnbaum, and, and there I come and I give a concert of Jewish music, of cantorial, Hasidic, uh, Hebrew, Yiddish, and everything else, and, 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 and it's a horrible feeling on one hand, but the sense of mission is so important that, that, that that's how I put it into my mind in order to, 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 to be able to do what I do. So all over the Eastern Europe, especially, it's it's unbelievable. We go to Krakow, Warsaw, Lublin, uh, uh, Yaroslav. Uh, I don't know. Manche, uh, and in Germany, I'm now. I've just become the rector of the newly reestablished since before the war of the Institute of Traditional Liturgical Music in Berlin and Leipzig. I come into Berlin <laughs> and there I give a concert of, of our of our music. A position you would not have held 60 years ago. Absolutely not. <laughs> and not and not even 10 years ago. Right. 
And so uh, it, I, I really look at it as, as a mission in all these things. And the concerts, for example, in Eastern Europe are attended mostly by non-Jews. Right. Because how many Jews do you have in Poland today? <laughs> Ukraine, a little better. More certainly Moscow. St. Petersburg. But they come. And so I, uh, through our music, our Jewish music, to bring together people of all nationalities, of all religions, to be together, that's quite a big thing. Uh -huh. And I suppose that's the reason why I was knighted by, by the president of Poland. Uh -huh. So it's nice. And of course, most prominently, he's being honored at the Sinai. <laughs> That's the most By important the thing. Now we have to talk about the Sinai. <laughs> well, one thing we have established, Cantor Malavani has to come back <laughs> again to visit us oh, here. In I Germany. have a lot to tell you, but let's talk about Sinai. I can only imagine. Rabbi Rothwax, your opportunity to remind our audience, what are these Sinai schools? So Sinai schools, we've been around for uh, 32 years. We're celebrating our leave year this year at our dinner. Um, and we've grown into what is now today really a series of schools and adult programs for, um, for children and adults with disabilities. So we have two elementary schools at the Roosevelt Yeshiva of North Jersey right. and at the Kushner, uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy as well as high schools at Kushner, at TABC, and Mayanot as well, um, each serving um, different populations of, of kids with uh, disabilities. Um, and we also have a group home in TNEC for uh, men with developmental disabilities. And this past year, and I think we spoke about this last year, we, um, we started a, a dayhab program for right. adults that were transitioning from high school to adulthood, and, um, and uh, you know, d doing vocational training and life skills and things like that during the day. Why has Sinai lasted so long? How is it they've had such an illustrious history and continue to proceed as strongly as ever? Well, I'd say for a number of reasons. Um, one is because there's somebody sitting here at the table who we didn't introduce yet. We will. Okay. <laughs> um, Willie Hachman is sitting here, and there are people like Willie, um, and we'll have a chance to talk about Willie in a minute, but uh, Willie's been a board member of ours for a long time, and the truth is that uh, many of our board members have, have been on our board for many, many years, and they, they identified that this is really a need for the community, um, and not just to um, be there um, for the kids in, in the communities where the schools are, in Essex County and in Bergen County, but really there are kids that come from near and far, um, from all five boroughs, from Rockland County, and there, there are families that have uh, relocated uh, you know themselves and their their families to hear from all over the country and frankly the world um, and there are people like uh, like Willie who really um, will dedicate their their nights and days to uh, making sure that we can continue our our great work. You must be doing something right if people are desperate for their children to have a Sinai education. The dinner is happening on February the ninth that honors guests of honor David and Marjorie Bernstein, the aforementioned Gail and Willie Hochman. Good morning, Willie. Morning, Hochman. Nice to have you here. Uh, the Rig Shalev awardees, Arye and Ariel Scheinbein, Madan Caterers, our friends Stewie and Yassi, uh, who have been a, a staple of uh, so many things we've done here at JMM over the years. They are being recognized with the Tove Lave Award, an aptly uh, named award for both uh, Stewie Khan and Yassi Markovic. And, of course, Cantor Joseph and Beatrice Malavani, the Yisrael Lave Awardees, on February the 9th, Sunday night at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck. Our Rothwax will tell us in a minute how to make reservations. Hazen Malavani, how did you first get involved with Sinai? Well, uh, first of all, uh, philosophically, I believe in what our Chazal said, Chanoch Lanar Al Pidarko, 
teach and educate a child according to his or her needs. Right. And there are children who have special needs. And, and for that, uh, Sinai has to uh, be blessed and congratulated for what they are doing. They are doing outstanding work. That's number one. More personally, my gran- our grandson uh, is the, at the Kushner Sinai uh, School. Started only this last uh, September. And uh, in the few months that he's been in school, he's made unbelievable progress. Something which he never did uh, when he was in the public school with his special needs. He's a highly intelligent kid, speaks beautifully, tells us full reports, calls us from the bus to tell his grandmother, Safta, I love you. <laughs> and, but we visited the school and we saw the work that he's done. And he, as I say, he made a lot of progress. So the Sinai people came to us and they said, we have to honor you. I said, what, I haven't done anything for Sinai yet. Uh, give me a chance, we just started. No, I said, maybe we should wait another year. No, let's do it. So, of course, we couldn't say no, because we are very thankful to the Sinai and people. And in just four or five months, you see such a major difference. No question about it. That's unbelievable. Intellectually, speaking-wise, in math, Limude Kodesh goes without saying. The, 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 the religious studies are unbelievable. What did he get in the public? Of course, he saw it home. Right. He sees it at home, but it's not the same. Right. The, 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 the partnership between home and and school is an unbelievable partnership, especially in terms of Jewish matters and religious matters. And um, he calls, he makes the broches and he, everything. <laughs> so he, he he's making tremendous progress, and he's on his way of eventually. Hopefully, joining the mainstream right. of the school, and that's what brought us to Sinai. Rabbi Rothwax, does every student enjoy such a uh, good first four or five months? I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not an unusual tale that we're hearing this morning. Absolutely not. You know, there are so many um, kids who come to us um, who have experienced years of failure. Right. Um, really, at no fault to anybody um, specifically. Just they were not in a place that was ideal for them to learn. And so we get kids, you know, not just at first grade, which would be ideal, but you know, sometimes we get kids all through the the, the grades, um, even in middle school or high school, where the kids have come from years of failure before. And when they come to us very quickly, even though there's a lot to to catch up on, a lot to teach, and a lot of strategies. Very quickly, they realize that they're in a place that feels like home, and that's a quote from from really many of our our families. They feel like they finally they're they're with people who understand them um, and who are going to support them uh, in in their growth. Uh, Willie Hachman is here. He and Gail are being uh, uh, presented the uh, Native Lave Award, the Dive Lave Award, I should say, on February the ninth. Willie, good morning to you. How did you first get involved with Sinai? Good morning, Hachman. Um, quite a few years ago, uh, members of my community in Fairlawn, New Jersey, um, approached me uh, to get active in Sinai. Uh, among the uh, founders of the school were several families from Fairlawn and from Teaneck. So there was a community Kesher. There was a community connection. Um, that was my initial involvement. Uh, over the years, uh, supporting them any way I can with my uh, efforts and abilities, connections and uh, things to do for Sinai, what I tell everybody, Nachum, is I wish Sinai would go out of business <laughs> because then, first of all, then I could, you know, remove myself from the board, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but in all truth... Um, that might be a common sentiment among all board members, Rabbi Rothwax. <laughs> right. You're giving people bad ideas, Billy. Why did we but, bring you here? Well, the rabbi will have to look for a new job. You right. know, it's not so simple. Oh, oh see? Right. 
So that's the segue into Don't Worry, Kenta Malavani. I can find Srili Warthwax a job. Exactly. And we'll, we'll leave that for another time. You see, in Willie's business, you have to take him seriously about that. Go that's ahead. Right. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. So, uh, but, in, but in all seriousness, um, there is, an, unfortunately, in a Kaddish Baruch who God has a, uh, other plans and uh, reasons for uh, bringing us these students of Sinai, and they are so special. Um, like Cantor Malavani, I also have a family connection, so I'll take two seconds to give a shout-out sure. to my great-nephew, Natano Berkowitz, who this year is also his first year, and I will concur with Cantor Malavani. Wow. And you can ask his parents, Donnie Berkowitz and Ilana Flatow. The transformation from the programs he was in before is amazing. And again, the home life is right. just as important. Right. But uh, his love for the school and what's unique about Sinai, which I'm sure Robert Rothwax will tell you a little bit more about, is the word inclusion and mainstream. If there is the ability, as the students uh, progress through Sinai, they can be included in and matriculate into the schools that they were in, are in. And that's the unique situation at Sinai. There are yeah. other good special needs schools in our tri-state area, and I'm sure around the country. But what makes Sinai unique is that it is housed, not in its own building, but included within the school work and the school curriculum and the, the gym and the, the lunchroom of these schools. Right. And that's what makes it unique. Uh, the mainstreaming, the inclusion. I mean, does every student have the potential to be mainstreamed and included you know, down the road? Is well, every student has potential to be included. The question is to what degree. Right. And that really depends on, you know, on each student and their profile. So their some challenges. in more ways than others, so that, to speak. That's right. But each, you know, we, we call what we offer inclusion by design. And right. what we mean by that is we design the inclusion experience for each student um, and offer them what is appropriate for them. We always give the example of, you know, everybody asks, well, will my kid be in the gym with all the regular kids? And... The answer to that is sure, if that makes sense. Because, but we have some children who who would be so overly stimulated by the noise in a gym right. in one of our schools. Right imagine what it looks like right. that that would that would just that, you know would ruin the day. So um, we really have to look at each each part of the day, whether it's social, like lunch or gym or music or library or, or something like that, and also the academics also, and figure out how even if it's not if they're not ready for that step yet. How are we going to get them to that point? What kind of support are we going to give them um, to help them grow? How do people uh, make reservations for February 9th? What's the best way <clears throat> for people out there to uh, make sure to be there on February 9th for Sinai? Well, there's two ways. You could uh, go online to sinidinner.org and try to make it simple for you to uh, make reservations, pledges, and donations there. Um, or you could call our office at 201-833-1134. Uh, is there a waiting list? Are there kids that you'd like to service who you simply can't at this point because of either space or finances? Um, there, there is a, there's not a, an official waiting list. There are kids that we can't service, um, and that's really a function of um, sometimes the space in, in the classroom, but more often the, the chemistry of the kids in that particular class. If we have a third grader with a particular diagnosis and families coming to us to service them, it, it's not just do, a matter of do we have the expertise and the services to offer this child, but it also has to fit in with right. a with a larger group. And so that sometimes is a little bit more of a complicated discussion. Nachum, may I just add Please, a, little, a little point? We are talking about those children with the special needs. Right. I think by the same token, your, um, Sinai educates the regular, the normal children in the school to accept the children with special needs as, as, as normal and as good and as honest and 
and uh, 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 children as part of the community. Right. It's a good fringe benefit. Children. And so it's very important to educate normal children to understand about the special needs of these things and to love them and to accept them and to be their friends at school and perhaps even outside the school. And to help them. I assume there are a lot of kids who who take the Sinai kids and help them along if they're in a specific class. For sure. You know, and highlighting the, the Cantor's uh, point, this year we had an inclusion contest, essay art contest, for all of the students in Sinai and in our partner schools, those five schools that I mentioned before. Right. Um, and and the, the types of messages that the kids uh, portrayed in both in their art and the essays was, um, quite frankly, not surprising to me, but was really, um, it, it, it just shows how how much of an impact having all different types of children in your school can have and and and, and it wasn't just a matter of now I'm more sensitive and I can I can do chesed but it was how it how it impacted them as people in their own um, relationship to Hashem and to others um, and it, it really it really is, is amazing this fringe benefit that the Cantor right. mentioned but I just also wanted to tell you that I'm we, of course after we agreed and when it became known to my members at the Fifth Avenue synagogue. Uh, what it is all about, some of the prominent people came through with very beautiful gifts towards Sinai. And I they were touched by it. They were, uh, touched by it, not only because we are the guests of honor. Okay, I've been fif- 40 years now at the Fifth Avenue Cinema, right. but I think <laughs> they are touched by the, whatever the philosophy and the, 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 the activity and the success of this school. And I think the combination works out, so hopefully it will be a beautiful dinner. It is an amazing combination. By the way, we should mention, uh, and, and, and we've spoken about this in the past, Rabbi Rothwax, uh, yeshiva tuition in general we know is a difficult uh, topic. Yeah. Yeah. But beca- I mean, I, the expenses for to educate a Sinai a youngster mm-hmm. is even more. You're dealing with people with even more expertise or specialty expertise in certain areas, and that makes it very hard to finance, right? Yes, which is why this dinner is so important. Right. You know, our, our costs average per child about sixty thousand dollars, and depending on on child's needs, that can can really skyrocket even from there. If some, somebody needs an individual aid, for instance, um, but Really, the way we're able to do that is obviously not through uh, charging tuition to right. our parents, um, but really through um, events such as this and reaching out to the community. And And I am continually very grateful to our community that year in and year out come out to support our school. You know, most school dinners, um, 80 to 90 percent of the people there are the parents. Right. Um, and... By our dinner, I would say probably 5% of the people are the parents. Um, and we have, we're going to have hopefully uh, close to 800 people at our dinner this year. All people who come out from all over the tri-state area you know, to recognize not only the accomplishments of our honorees, but the success of the school as well. And we, we certainly Absolutely. don't take that for granted. Uh, David and Marjorie Bernstein, uh, Willie and Gail Hachman, Arye and Ariel Scheinbein, uh, the Madan Caterers, Stewie and Yassi, and of course, Hazen Joseph and Beatrice Malavani, all among the honorees Sunday night, February the 9th, uh, at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck, New Jersey, SinaiDinner.org, you said, Rabbi Rothwax, right? Yes. SinaiDinner.org for more information. The annual benefit dinner happens on the 9th of February. It is right around the corner and everybody's encouraged. Uh, to participate. Willie, what happens when you go visit the schools, when you see what's happening uh, uh, firsthand? It must be an amazing experience. It really is. And um, My wife and I, Miguel, have been to the school several times. Uh, the specific school near us is the uh, Rosenbaum Yeshiva right. of North Jersey. Um, and I, I want to echo what Kenta Malavani said. It's not just about the special needs 
and the the attention that the the teachers give them, and they have the most modern technology. And I'll probably get it wrong, but there are <laughs> the smart boards and the and the and the laptops and all of this technology for a student with special needs. And this this highlights some of their expertise, the students and the school. But what you see most when you walk through the halls, and whether it's the bell rings or it's in between classes or lunchtime. You'll see the students of the Yeshiva of North Jersey walking over to, saying something to, and the students of Sinai, most of them not feeling bashful to see their friends, quote-unquote, within the school environment and talk to them and feel part of the school. You know, I'm thinking as you say this, in this conversation, we've mentioned family names, we've mentioned student names, we've mentioned people involved in the organization who are being, years ago that would never have happened here. People would walk in, speak about an organization like Sinai, and, you know, it's not given any specifics. Thank God we're at a point now where, where someone will walk into school today and say, hey, my name was on the radio, and I, the friend will say, yeah, I heard your name, your parents' name, this and that. It's a much different era, thank God. It certainly is, and that's, that's a big difference, certainly, from when we started 32 years ago. And right. I, I can't say that all that credit goes to us. I mean, there are a lot of right. great organizations the general in the community, atmosphere the Friendship as well, Circle right. and Yachad and right. lots of others, you know, who are really... Um, and the general American population is more that, sensitive to that it. That is right. true. And and all the kids that are in these schools that we're talking about are exposed to kids with disabilities in, in, in other areas as well. Correct. So I think all of our efforts together help to, uh, to, uh, to no bring question. I think you are right. The general environment right. today in the world is the acceptance of the needs of the people of special needs. No question. For that matter, um, I managed to... Um, mobilize two of my closest friends uh, to be chairman, co-chairman of honorary chairman of the event. One is Nobel Prize winner, uh, Professor Elie Wiesel, who is a co-chairman, and then Dr. Professor Jacob Frankel, the former governor general of the Bank of Israel, very famous uh, personality. And the third one is our son, uh, Ellis, the father of the boy, of Naftali. Why was he it's number three? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Ellis from years ago. He's a wonderful man. You should remember him. Maybe he played with you even basketball. Why are you? You both are tall guys. So. <laughs> Nachum, if I could just wait to make, make one comment, that I know your listeners have probably heard this throughout the year and over the years. If you can come to one dinner a year, and I know that's, right. that's the slogan we've heard, right. come to the Sinai dinner, and here's why. And with all due respect to Kanta Malavani and our other honorees, it's not about the honorees. Of course not. You come Absolutely. to you come to this dinner. First of all, you'll see 700 uh, close, close to 800 of your community friends, and the community ranges from Muncie to New York to, right. to Bergen County. The program is so exact and timed. Sometimes our dinners these years are go on and on about the speeches. The buffet is beautiful, but. You'll see it probably after the dinner if you don't go. And we should charge for hits on whatever YouTube it's called. The um, video that they show about the students and the school and the environment, has it's always every year, can you top this? Right. Can we do a better video? It's very so heartwarming. Come join us. Stay tuned. And thank you, Nachum, for this time. A pleasure. Very much. Mazal tov to all the honorees. It's going to be quite an event. The Sinai Schools get together February the 9th at the Marriott Glen Point Hotel in Teaneck, New Jersey. Again, SinaiDinner.org. Ray Rothwax, anything to add, or we've covered it all? Oh, I think we've covered a lot. One thing I was thinking about before as we were talking about sure. the kids and the uh, and the feeling that Willie has when he walks through the halls right. is I uh, remembering my feeling um, when I walk into our classrooms is that it's really a, a, a nice uh, you know microcosm of 
our Jewish community. And then sometimes when we walk into our schools, we put ourselves into boxes. We, we're more right, we're mm-hmm. more modern, we're more this, we're more that. Chassidish, <laughs> Labels and categories. And, um, and because we serve um, you know, kids with special needs. They're coming really from all communities. So in one classroom, you'll have kids, you know, with um, who, who come from Hasidish communities, right. um, from yeshivish communities, from more modern communities to conservadox, you know, really all together. Right. Um, and and uh, that that is uh, something that I'm proud of. Yet another kind of important from. lesson for, for all sure. of us. No question about it. Uh, my thanks to Willie Hachman and my thanks to Rabbi Rothwax and my thanks to Cantor Malavani. Uh, if I had the time, I would uh, express to Kenter Malavani how this weather is destroying my voice. What are we doing, Chazim, with this one-degree weather? It's impossible. Look, I, I wake up every morning. I can't take it anymore. Uh, that's because of the dryness in, <laughs> I know, your, it's in your apartment. Is that what it is? But I tell you something. As I told the <laughs> rabbi as we were coming here, the, uh, I sink better in the winter than in the summer. Really? Absolutely. You'd rather have a 30-degree Yom Kippur? Yes. Than an 80-degree Absolutely, Yom and I'll tell you why. Because the air is clean, no germs. And you just and, and and if you know how to sing, if you had the technique, it's much better. Chazan, I must invite you back on this yeah. topic. I must. I'll give you a full <laughs> lesson and to all your listeners. <laughs> Rabbi Rothwax has uh, has given us a special song. This was written and performed, right? Written yes. and performed by by Sealandsbaum and Dove Rosenblatt in honor of Sinai. It's how we close out this very special conversation about the February 9th dinner on a Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. for you, my child, as I watch you grow and hear your laughter. It wasn't long ago when I couldn't find a way to help you. I wanted inside my arms Child inside my open arms I couldn't face the truth You are my child how could this be I fought so hard for you knocked on every door but no one answered I wanted all for you I want all of your dreams to come true Want it all for you There is nothing that I wouldn't do Child
child inside my arms I won't let you fall Oh, child inside my arms A song for you, my child Filled with hope and joy Cause they embrace you What a change in you In the open arms The arms of Sinai I want it all for you I want all of your dreams to come J.M. in the A.M. There is nothing that I wouldn't do. They call it the Arms of Sinai. C. Landsbaum and Dove Rosenblatt together in tribute to the Sinai organization. I want to thank all of our special guests this morning who joined me as we get ready for the big February 9th event happening at the Marriott Glen Point on behalf of the Sinai School. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Uh, well, the man who uh, continues to uh, laud the fact that the Jewish world's most important radio program emanates from Jersey City, New Jersey, and the man who leads the city that this week is the capital of the New York, or I should say of the American sports world. The mayor of Jersey City is the Honorable Stephen Fulop, and he joins us live via telephone. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to JM in the AM. Malcolm, how are you? Everything is wonderful. must be a very hectic week for you. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that uh, prior to this week, the thing I would tout the most about Jersey City is home to JM and the AM. <laughs> and uh, this week it's about the Super Bowl, but next week it goes back to JM and the AM. So the NFL has trumped me, you're saying? Yeah, just, just temporarily. <laughs> That's it. Uh, have you heard feedback yet from the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos about how comfortable they are making Jersey City their temporary home? I, I mean... You know, I, I, I think it's going well. We've seen uh, a spike in restaurants, hotel occupancy. Last night I was at a restaurant, and there were several of the coaches from uh, the Seahawks and the staff from the Broncos there. So um, it's a good indicator. We'll see kind of what the overall economic impact is in uh, a couple weeks. But um, so far, so good. Look, you know what I think of our beloved Jersey City, but I, I was fearing that you know, coaches and players would uh, you know would would uh, start taking limos into Manhattan at night. I am so glad you're telling me that so many of them are hanging around town uh, once the evening hours hit. Yeah, I, I think they have a curfew, obviously, right. and uh, so it limits as far as the nightlife can what they can do. And then uh, um, as it gets closer to game day, the practices obviously escalate and, and the intensity escalates. So. Um, you know, being that they're all situated here in New Jersey, their practice facilities are in New Jersey, right. um, it kind of makes sense that they'll grab dinner in this area and uh, get ready for the game. Mayor of Jersey City with us. Has uh, your uh, public safety uh, committee and uh, uh, the police officers, etc., have they been dealing well with all the fans who are trying to uh, get up close and personal with the players and coaches at the hotels? Yeah, so we've uh, been in I guess preparation, you could say, for a little bit more than two years on this, and there's coordination of 50 different law enforcement agencies uh, 
making sure safety is a priority. We've done a number of drills on uh, inclement weather, how we're going to handle that, on terrorist activity, how we would handle that. So, um, so far, so good. And knock on wood, it just continues like this. Well, what would you say to the average teenager? It's worth a trip to Jersey City today or not? <laughs> In terms uh, of trying well, to see with the weather outside, if it was me, I would not. But, uh, <laughs> but it depends how diehard of a fan somebody is, I guess. So you never know who you may see on the streets of Jersey City today. It's as simple as that. <laughs> True. Are you planning on attending the Super Bowl? I am not. I'm going to go to a local bar with some friends and uh, watch the game. And, you know, the, the reason is I had a conversation the other day with the mayor of Seattle, and he was unsure what his plans were, whether he's going to attend it, to put in perspective. Right. And uh, the reason being that, you know, tickets for the game are several thousand dollars. Right. And, uh, you know, as a public servant or somebody in elected office, there's limitations on what you can accept as a gift and what you have to kind of put out there and disclose and how that works. So um, it can become a very expensive proposition if you're going to do things properly. So um, between hotels, between um, tickets, you could be looking at a ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 situation for the game. So, um, yeah, for me, I'm just as comfortable watching it at home or at a bar and watching the commercials and doing what I do every year. Well, I just want to remind you that the bar will be about 78 degrees. That might be a reason to stay away from yeah, the stadium. To say, to say the least. <laughs> you, you must have found it funny, all the weather talk that's been going on for the last few days, no? Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know what? We're, we're lucky. looks good for Sunday so I far. Know. It looks to be like 30s and clear. I know. It's, it's, it's funny how all this turned out after everybody was, not everybody, but so many were predicting a blizzard or some storm-like condition for this Sunday. Uh, well, Mayor Fulop, i got to tell you one thing in conclusion. I have been uh, monitoring closely many news sources around this country and around the world, and Jersey City has become very high profile. You must be very happy with some of the things being written about the town with the NFL coming to town. I, I, uh, I couldn't be happier i mean i think uh it's a great thing for jersey city overall and uh you know i'm trying to get out there as much as possible to promote the city let people know that this is one of the best mid-sized cities in the country with a tremendous amount of development going on your culture arts diversity um history it really is a terrific place to uh visit to live to work etc you know the population of jersey city is getting very close to the population of the largest city in new jersey is that quietly one of your goals you want to see during your uh, tenure uh, the population grow to the point where it becomes the largest city in the state so we are we are technically um, well let me say technically we I, I would estimate that we had a bad that we had a bad census we're probably bigger than newark we're marginally per the census smaller than them but um, if you want to go by census standards we're going to overtake newark end of 2015, early 2016. And, and that's just based on, you know, we have 5,000 units under construction, um, average number of people that live in those units. If you just look at the sheer numbers of what our growth is versus what Newark's growth is, um, it's going to happen in late 2015, early 2016, assuming things stay uh, moderately okay in the economy. Well, that's fantastic news, and uh, I'm inviting you now. Once it happens, let's get together for a great kosher lunch together on Montgomery Street. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Mayor, enjoy the game, and uh, and thanks for being an amazing representative for Jersey City, and uh, and enjoy the fact that for this week at least, it seems to be the sports capital of the United States. Nothing. Thank you so much. Have a great day. He is Mayor Stephen Fulop of Jersey City, and yes, the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos have made this the capital of uh, of uh, the sports scene and certainly the capital of the NFL uh, here in America, Jersey City, New Jersey. The two teams are staying within hundreds of uh, feet of our radio station. That's where they are, in two glorious hotels downtown. And um, 
everybody seems to be converging either on this city or uh, or uh, neighboring cities all through this week. The mayor of Jersey City joining us here on a Wednesday morning at JM and AM.
Lass mich lernen, Ingele, gedenk teure, teure ist die beste Scheure, gedenk Ingele, teure, teure. J.M. and the A.M. That's Avramo. Wednesday morning with 16 degrees, morning snow, high temperature of 24. If you missed my conversation earlier with Jeff Strick, he may be the most important man Sunday at Super Bowl 48. He's the man selling kosher food. And if you missed the conversation uh, about where the stands will be in MetLife Stadium and all that, you can check out the archives later on, jmnam.org. A very important conversation if you're planning on being at the game. Speaking of food, Ellie Rosenfeld is with us live via telephone when we're going to be at Cedar Market later today. And if you see us running around with video cameras and stuff, uh, we're doing stuff in advance of the big kosher halftime show coming up Sunday on the uh, stream at jmnam.org and nachomsegel.com. And if we are going to be eating... Uh, uh, chicken wings and stuff like that during the taping. Chances are it's going to be from Empire Kosher uh, <laughs> because they are very enthusiastic about the Kosher halftime show. But in addition to that, I can only imagine how many people are going to be eating Kosher wings during the game on Sunday. In fact, I I think there was a year, maybe last year or the year before, there was actually a shortage in this country of chicken wings, if I'm not mistaken. Ellie Rosenfeld, spokesman for Empire Kosher, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you. Am I right that at some point, either last year or the year before, there was actually a shortage of uh, of chicken wings in this country or something like that? you remember anything like that? Uh, yeah, I remember last year. There it was, was last talk. Year. It wasn't in the kosher market, but overall, um, when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday, what people end up having a problem with is forgetting that chickens only come with two wings. <laughs> so one second. Are you here this morning to reassure us that in the kosher, or at least empire kosher market of wings, there is absolutely no shortage. Nobody will have any trouble preparing properly for Sunday night at 6.30? People should not have any trouble preparing properly, either buying um, already prepared uh, party wings or buffalo wings, or just getting raw wings and making up their own recipe. There should be plenty out there. Well, I'll be going to Cedar Market today. Are all three of those things available? I mean, if you walk into a supermarket or a specialty kosher supermarket, is every category that you just mentioned covered by Empire Kosher? Um, a lot of the stores do have some of the products. Some are still reordering. Some are getting in product between the party wings, buffalo wings, uh, and the chicken nuggets, of course. Uh, the stores have them. They can still get them, of course, you know, anywhere around the metro New York area, around the country. The distributors have them. So if anybody goes in today, they could certainly tell someone, hey, where's the product, and, and ask for it. And as a, a little added bonus, if people go to our Facebook page this morning, uh, they can download a $1 coupon. Oh, very nice. Are any of those uh, that you just mentioned brand new for 2014, or we're just restocking the shelves? What are we doing? 
Um, well, a little bit of everything. Our chicken nuggets were reintroduced back in the end of the summer, so it's a completely new product that's been redesigned, and the product itself is what's in the bag is a completely new chicken nugget. Uh, the party wings are a sort of reintroduced item, haven't been around in a number of years, and the buffalo wings are relatively new, literally started shipping, I'd say, within the last uh, six weeks. So uh, stuff that's been worked on for months. I can't tell you how many different styles of and tastes and flavors of chicken wings I've eaten <laughs> over the last many months that never made it out of the kitchen. <laughs> Which ones did make it out? Do you know what the essential ingredients are, the party wings or the buffalo wings? We don't reveal any of those secrets. Uh, top secret information. <laughs> but I can tell you there is actually a lot of chicken wing in the chickens. Um, <laughs> that's good. That, that, that's always good to know. You bite into the chicken wing, there's going to be a bone in there. <laughs> uh, and what is the difference between a party wing and a buffalo wing? Party wing is battered and fried, obviously has a nice flavor to it and, uh, and a bigger crunch. Uh, buffalo wing is a little bit less crunchy on the outside, less of a fry, but has that distinct buffalo uh, spicy tang type of flavor. And you would say that these are necessary kosher staples for any good Super Bowl party. That's what you would um, Unless someone's vegetarian, I'm not sure how they could watch football without having <laughs> buffalo wings. I'll tell you, it's amazing what's going on, especially with the Super Bowl coming to this area. It seems there's a little bit, uh, and maybe we're helping out here with all of our football talk every single day, but there seems to be a little bit of an extra kick, if you will, uh, to the uh, to the Super Bowl celebration this time around. We don't have any, even have any local teams in it. They're coming in from different cities. By the way, speaking of which, if I walked into a supermarket in Denver or Seattle, can I find those party wings and buffalo wings? Uh, you should be able to find them in Denver. I'd say Seattle's probably a little bit more difficult. Um, obviously, distribution on some of these products follow where the kosher marketplace is. And right. kosher market in Seattle, you'd have to know where to, your best selection for kosher produce would be. Um, poultry would be. And I am told that you are not making any predictions regarding Sunday's game. I personally am not making any predictions. I don't uh, I don't know enough about either the, either Denver or Seattle to, to go that far. How about that? But would you go ahead and uh, give us a prediction about what will sell more in the next few days, party wings or buffalo wings? I'd imagine party wings. They probably go out to a little bit of a, a larger... Uh, a large user base. How about that? I'll tell you. Uh, kids get too spicy sometimes on buffalo. There are people that love them, but there are people that will like something a little bit more mild. And they could they could choose their own taste. They could dip them anywhere that they want. Uh, there are so many different dips and dressings out there. You could try to put a wing bar out at your party and have you know five, ten, twelve different dips out there just to get people to make a choice. All right, but just like we're not encouraging wagering on the game itself, you would not encourage wagering on party wings versus buffalo wings as well, right? Maybe they wager with the wings, <laughs> sort of like when people play cards with jelly beans. Right, that, that may be an effective way of doing it. Well, there you have it, everybody, uh, the folks at Empire Kosher. do they? Re- By the way, uh, Empire has been around for how long? How many years has Empire been producing products in this country? Um, last, we just finished up our 75th anniversary. Uh, Empire is very proud of having been really the, the first and in the forefront of putting kosher poultry out there for the masses, things that people never thought of, you know, 75, 60, even 50 years ago, being able to get um, reliably kosher product in, in a place like Denver, in a place like Seattle, where, you know, you had to really find your local, your local shoichet. Otherwise, it, was out, you know, it just wasn't available. People would have to drive hundreds of miles. You know, at the very beginning, it wasn't fresh in certain markets, but you were able to get frozen kosher poultry relatively easily um, over the last number of decades because of, of Empire. Unbelievable. So that's 1940. Yeah, it's, it's been 75 years, 48. Uh, no, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, 1938. Right. Yep. That, uh, 1938, that's pretty remarkable. Just incredible. Uh, all right, Ellie, enjoy, and don't forget, 
about about halfway through the game, you know what you're going to be doing, right? Uh, absolutely. We are absolutely going to be out there. We will be promoting it on our Facebook page, reminding people that when we tweet that they should be absolutely going to check out the Kosher Halftime Show. Kosher is our middle name, so we wouldn't want anybody else to, to miss out on uh, halfway through the, the program. Exactly. Kosher Halftime Show Sunday, and if you if you see any uh, party wings or buffalo wings, you'll notice they are from Empire. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ellie Rosenfeld, and enjoy the game, as we say. You do. Uh, 20 minutes after 8 o'clock on a Wednesday as the, as the Super Bowl talk, uh, really gets into high gear. In fact, by the way, uh, not only did we have the mayor of Jersey City this morning about both teams, uh, staying in Jersey City, and not only did we have uh, Jeff Strick who outlined for us where all the kosher food will be at the game at MetLife Stadium, uh, this coming, uh, uh this coming Sunday. Tomorrow, I am told that two of the living Jewish Super Bowl winners are going to be with us here at JM and the AM. Uh, Alan Weingrad and Dr. John Frank. I am told that Dr. Laz himself, who in my opinion has one of the best Jewish Super Bowl stories ever, is going to join us about 7.45. And there has been a lot of talk about our friends at SodaStream. A lot of talk about it. Because apparently the NFL, or Fox, has nixed their Super Bowl commercial. You know, SodaStream is based in Israel, in Malaya Dumim. And apparently they have had their Super Bowl commercial nixed by Fox. Yona Lloyd from SodaStream is going to join us on the air tomorrow morning, not only to talk about the uh, the uh, snub of Fox regarding the SodaStream commercial, but he'll make a major announcement for the kosher community as well, I am told. So there's a lot happening in regard to Super Bowl talk. Keep it here at JM in the AM.
to bring in somebody who knows something about warm weather. thought maybe it would warm me up a bit in this uh, 16 degrees and wind chill of 6. Who do I know better that uh, has been down in Florida recently to enjoy the incredible uh, warmth of Cape Coral than Alan Schoenfeld of Legendary Destinations, who has brought along a special guest this morning, by the way, and we'll introduce him to you coming up. Alan, first of all, good morning to you. Good morning, Nachum. Please tell me. That at some point in the last 10 days you were down at the hotel. Please I, tell me that. I was there the last time we were on the radio show. The weather is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And Tell me. Tell me about the warmth. Tell me about the... Tell me what's going to happen when I walk outside. Will it be like this? Will I need a sweatshirt, a scarf, a ski hat, a pair of gloves? Will I need all of that, Alan, Definitely when I walk outside not. of the Westin down in Cape Coral? Definitely not. You're sure? I, old... I, don't, I don't want anything to go wrong with this thing. I want the weather to be certainly much, much warmer than the 16 degrees it is here. What was the temperature when you were down there? 76 degrees in the morning. Because I heard the freeze hit Florida as well, but uh, I guess that was just for the a day, day or two. No, it does. It does. It hits, but... By um, April 13th, it's going to be beautiful. And the only storm we're going to have is we're going to storm you with customer service, with food, and with plenty of entertainment. Alan, tell me that there will be no snow. There will be no ice on the ground. There will be no difficulty walking. There will be no freezing conditions. There will be no thoroughly exhausted walking indoors because we've just spent all of our energy trying to get through the, the slush and all the stuff outside. There'll be no uh, brushing off the cars. There'll be no scraping the ice off the windshields. I want all those guarantees from you right now. You have my 100% guarantee. <laughs> You're going out in the limb, Schoenfeld. 100% guarantee. <laughs> Although uh, with our guest here, who knows? Maybe he can make it snow. He, yeah, well, <laughs> if, if our surprise guest today makes it snow, then I'm going to send him <laughs> yeah, home now. Exactly. <laughs> ben Cohen is here. He's known as one of the most amazing magicians, illusionists. So what other titles should I be giving you that I'm not giving you? Or does that cover it? Uh, mind reading. Mind reading as well. Sure. And he, so he knows what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the 80-degree weather. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, ben Cohen, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Anybody out there who's been to a, a bar mitzvah, I don't know, Shabbatonim, uh, events, uh, corporate events, etc., there's a good chance, especially in our community, that you've seen Ben Cohen. You've seen him perform and do his uh, his tricks, the uh, the mentalist uh, routines. Uh, you just mentioned the mind reading, etc., etc. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be a straightforward question. Do you have the ability 
to, in fact, take 80-degree weather and turn into a snowstorm. Because if you do, I'm going to recommend to Mr. Schoenfeld right now that we throw you out of the studio, that you do not make the journey down to Cape Coral for Passover, and you do not join this legendary destinations team. I would like an answer from you right now. In your repertoire, are you able to take 80-degree weather and make it snow? Not that I've done in the past. I'm, Alan? I feel great. I now. think we're in the clear. We are. I think we're okay. He has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, as we say in the biz, but it seems this is not one of them, thank God. Exactly. Wow. And by the way, why would anybody want to turn 80-degree weather into a snowstorm? Unless, of course, you want to make an impact as a as a magician, then you may want to do it. But that's about it. All right, so we're past that, thank goodness. So you will not be changing the weather on us. It will be uh, as Mr. Schoenfeld uh, uh, described. And, uh, and and what are we asking Ben Cohen to do? Are we asking him to spend the entire eight days entertaining the guests and wowing them with his incredible uh, magic and imagery and all that? Is that what we're asking him? 100%. Ben Cohen has a repertoire for Yantif, for Cholomoed, for Shabbos. Ben Cohen is You mean he has Shabbos guy. and Yantif-friendly tricks? 100%. Imagine that. When, you, when I look for material yeah. to, to do for people, right. I look for the quintessential perfect illusion and that's something that can be done on Shabbos on Pesach huh? because there are Pesach no chubbets, restrictions right? there you go and that to me which Chabot's trick did we have to throw out because it's Pesach I'd like to know the, the uh, cell phone inside the can of oatmeal <laughs> That one we had to eliminate. I kid you not, <laughs> I ma- do that. The Mashkiach and Legendary Destinations would not have that. He would not allow that. I understand that. I have two, I actually have two sets of equipment. <laughs> I have equipment for during the year, and I have I have my my non chametz equipment that I bring for Pesach. And you're not kidding, by the way. I am not kidding. The man's prepared. Sounds good. You, my, th- you my, thought you were the only one with four sets of dishes, Mr. Schoenfeld. There you go. My <laughs> Rabba Machshe is going to be very happy. That's for sure. <laughs> you are most known, if I stop the average teenager who has seen you at, I don't know, ten events, you are most known for what? I would say um, bending silverware in people's hands. You could do that? I while I'm holding it. it. While you are holding it, yes. That's a special power. That is... Oh, he, a special ability yeah. as a sleight-of-hand magician. Right. You can't yeah. say it's a special power. You have to say that. that you, you have to make us believe that it's that it's a special power, but in reality it's a magic trick. That's correct. I have right. to toe the line being a from person right. and making sure that whenever I do a Fair. performance. Oh, you must get a lot of good criticism from certain uh, uh, certain areas of the community in terms of what you do. You must be right. Am I right about that? Well, over time, uh, people have learned that the show I present is something that's uh, both family-friendly and mm-hmm. something that uh, even the Rabbanim can appreciate because I never have that uh, hanging over uh, idea that I'm doing anything supernatural. Right. You're just doing a trick. Yes. Right. Stuff that I'm. By the way, I'm amazed. By, I've told you this in the past. I'm amazed by magic, and I love it. And I have no desire to go to Google and find out how anything's done, frankly. I like being uh, so entertained by you, it. You're very different than the average bar mitzvah right. uh, kid who, right, who's spoiling who's, every trick. Who's right. watching me and at the same time pulls out his iPhone right. and is surfing the net to try to figure it out. Correct. But they won't be able to. You're serious? Well, the reason is because the only things that I try to do are things that go back, uh, back to the 70s and the 60s, and that information is not online. People would not know how to do it. They wouldn't know how to do it because I search for material that's before anything went uh, onto the Internet. I'm frustrated because I asked you about a specific – I think I asked you. I've asked a lot of magicians about a specific trick, which ironically enough has to do with the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And nobody either was willing to tell me how they did it or – 
or did not know how it was done. Here's what happens, okay? Okay. And I wish I could find this online. In, in, before one of the Super Bowls, probably 10 years ago or so, they had Penn and Teller in Times Square. You know this trick, right? I know it, yeah. So they take a pickle jar, they stuff the result of the Super Bowl in it, they have an armed guard from the Marines, they wrap it in 400 rolls of duct tape, you know, the whole routine, right? Mm-hmm. They have a young lady after the game smash the pickle jar with a uh, hammer, with a hammer, a sledgehammer. She opens it up, reads the piece of paper, has the results and the MVP on it, right? Okay. okay. So do you know how that was done? Yes. I bet you would never discuss it on public radio. Absolutely Would you not. tell me privately or not? No. You would not. Sorry. You wouldn't reveal someone else's. By the way, is it incredible or it's it's so simple? It's like, you know, and, and they had a, an international audience mesmerized by it. The person who came up with that particular secret yeah. has passed. Really? And I mean, had, meaning how to do it. The person who came up with that effect is no longer with us. With that effect? The effect. The person who came up with the original premise right. is no longer alive. Right. And unless you learnt from him or from the people who... Learned it from afterwards. Right. You would not know, and I cannot reveal it to you. And that's it. That's it. And Penn and Teller wouldn't tell anybody either. Absolutely not. Even though they're sometimes known for giving away uh, tricks. They're known for giving away things that they make up. They uh-huh. rarely give away actual but, secrets. But you still haven't answered my question. Mm-hmm. Would I? Would I be? A, if if you were to tell me how that trick is done, mm-hmm. would it be blow my mind? Or yes, it would blow your mind. Yes. But was it flawless? Did they know that they could pull it off 100% without anything going wrong? They are the type of performers that if they're doing something on national TV, they will not make a mistake. There's not a chance I could have gone wrong. Nope. Wow. Alan, do me a favor. No food at the Seder for Ben Cohen until he tells me how to do the Penn and Teller trick, okay? That's okay. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Withhold the matzah until I get the results on this one. You know I'm kidding about that, right? I understand. <laughs> JM in the A. Ben Cohen is among the performers. We got... Soul Farm coming down to Legendary Destinations. And rem- remember, everybody, this is a WFMU JMM fundraiser, which means we want as many people as possible reserving with Legendary Destinations. Soul Farm, Eighth Day, Steve Bill and Company, Freddie Roman, Ben Cohen, who my friend, Jew in the City. Allison, Allison Joseph. Joseph, who was here last week. Uh, who am I forgetting? Anybody? Oh, that's the list, right? That, that's We're the good. We got the list. Yeah. A lot of great entertainment. Luxury Hotel. It's at the Westin Cape Coral. Uh, uh, all sweets, very family friendly. We're having an open house, Nachum. You claim a lot of good food. A lot, a except lot of good for food. Ben until he tells me the uh, the answer to the penitella okay. thing. Okay, no problem. Other than that, everyone's going to be enjoying a lot of good food. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to tell everybody. Yeah, when is the open house? When is the open house? The open house is at the Jewish Museum. Do we all have to fly to Florida for the open house? Definitely not. But it's can right. we make it a requirement? Just so I can warm up a bit, maybe. Um, we'll, we're going to warm you up there with some food, meeting all our team. Um, Your day camp director will be there? Uh, day camp director will be there. I want to no, be Weinberg, there. You're I want to show there. up. Miriam and you are going to be there. When is this? This is going to be on February 13th, okay. 5 to 8 p.m. Yeah. It's at the Jewish Museum in Manhattan. Right. Um, you need to RSVP, so get in touch with me, Alan, at legendarydestinations.com or visit our website. And um, we're also having a raffle where three lucky winners will win a $1,000 gift certificate towards a legendary destination Passover vacation. Oh, anybody who shows up that night, you mean? No, 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 no. They just have to go to our website, www.legendarydestinations.com. And they can enter. Get on Facebook, ask a question about Pesach, and enter. 
That's it. And we're announcing the winner right here, Nachum, February 18th on your show. All right. So anytime between now and the 18th, they could register on the Facebook uh, Legendary Destinations page. And Correct. they can get a, enjoy a $1,000 gift certificate to the program. Correct. On the 13th of February, you're doing the event in New York City at the Jewish Museum. Right. And they must RSVP you to You have me. to RSVP, Alan at LegendaryDestinations.com. It starts at 5 o'clock. Ben Cohen will be there or not? 100%. I absolutely ben will. be will. there. You get, well, maybe he'll do a trick or there two. There you go. And, you know, you could see his um, utensil trick on our website. What, bending you, the spoon? Bending the, on the fork on our U- a YouTube video Is on our website. Is it a Pesach thicker fork or a Chumitz thicker fork? If it's a Chumitz thicker fork, I can't watch it on a Pesach website. So we, what do you, wouldn't, we wouldn't have a Chumitz thicker fork. So it was a Pesach thicker fork? It was, it was a God. para fork. Uh, hadn't been tobled <laughs> yet. Uh, you mean a brand new fork? Brand new. So I don't have to worry. <laughs> you know, the restrictions these days are vast. There's a lot of stuff you got to avoid, you know what I'm saying? I keep... <laughs> you keep coming across more and more? <laughs> That's what he wanted to say. February the 13th, Jewish Museum, New York City, 5 p.m., an open house for Legendary Destinations. As many team members as Alan can get a hold of will be there that night for you to meet. We'll have an open... I will be there. If you want to ask any questions about JM and the AM or Legendary Destinations, they will be our studio uh, for four shows around and during Pesach um, in Florida. So we'll be there uh, broadcasting, I believe it's uh, Monday, Erev Pesach, Thursday and Friday, Cholomoid, and then Wednesday, Isruchag. We're going to be doing our broadcasts from the warmth of Florida at uh, Cape Coral Weston uh, Legendary Destination. So if you have any questions about that, we'll be able to answer them. And anybody who uh, enters the drawing between now and the 18th of February uh, you'll be eligible for a $1,000 gift certificate to Legendary Destinations. Uh, you could win, what is that, one of three? One of three? One, gift, there's three gift, three $1,000 gift certificates. gift certificates. So there'll be three winners. We'll announce those on the 18th of February. All right? Simple as that. More coming up. This is JM and the AM. We have Alan Schoenfeld in the studio. Alan at LegendaryDestinations.com. And we are enjoying the uh, company of Ben Cohen, the master illusionist and the incredible magician who's going to be part of of legendary destinations as well. Here's eighth day. They're here now. They'll be in Florida with us for Pesach. Here they are at JM and the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> That's eighth day with Hule. <laughs> well, not only am I holding Ben Cohen hostage until he tells me the uh, <laughs> the answer to the Super Bowl Penn and Teller trick that I brought up, but now I've just discovered that his one of his favorite tricks ever is my second favorite trick ever, which was when Penn and Teller were upside down on Saturday Night Live. Yes. I met Teller the week after that trick. And I, I, met him the, really? I met him the week after they did that trick. And had a long conversation with him, which, by the way, is a big deal in itself, because everyone thinks Teller doesn't talk. Had a long conversation with him about that trick. Do you know that if they would not have pulled off that trick of being upside down when nobody realized they were upside down, if they would not have pulled off that trick in the time frame they did, they both would have fainted? They both would have not have been able to survive? Isn't that cool? I did not know that. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Basically, for those of you who don't know, they do the simplest mundane magic trick and the entire audience is going crazy and everyone at home is wondering why everyone's going crazy when it's such a mundane regular you know cups with a ball magic trick and then they end it and as the camera pans away you see they were upside down the entire time that is cool man that was awesome that was cool yeah. anyway alan uh, <laughs> alan do you think i should reserve this for maybe one of my holomoid slow days to do this with ben cohen instead of doing it now <laughs> i think you'll have plenty of time to abuse ben cohen <laughs> he's going to charge us more now <laughs> see teller did not mind telling me how he did it once once everyone knew how they did it <laughs> That he didn't buy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Alan Schoenfeld has a uh, an information phone number to give everybody because some people, I don't know. Call maybe, me. Yeah, maybe they're not going to the web to email you, maybe whatever it is. You can call Alan Schoenfeld if you want to be at the Legendary Destinations event at uh, the Jewish Museum, which is happening on the 13th of February, and we will be there for that. You can call uh, 212-971-9750. That's 212 971 Nine seven five zero, and again the drawing that we keep talking about that's going to be drawn on the eighteenth of February uh, for the one thousand dollar gift certificate to Legendary Destinations. It is a great team. You've introduced a lot of people to us already. We've uh, spoken to the entertainers. Many of the entertainers are going to be there for the uh, for the week of Pesach. We've uh, spoken about the uh, incredible food that you are preparing and the wonderful meals and service that you are taking care of. Uh, you're taking this very seriously from the moment that people land in Fort Myers. You want to make sure they feel comfortable and that every little detail is taken care of. In fact, you said to us at the very beginning of this whole process, you said this on the air, you've taken every mistake that you've come across in 25 years of doing this that people have done or that customers have complained to you about, and uh, you're trying to correct all of those and do it in the best way as possible. A hundred percent, as I say, and my um, partner David always says, percent, because um, one of the most important things to me is people getting there and having a great experience and, of course, enjoying the experience and leaving the experience. And one of the important things to us, to give you an example of one, we took over the hotel, Nachum, 
two days before Pesach. Right. So when someone lands in Fort Myers and they make the um, reservation to go from the airport to the hotel, A, we're going to be notified and make sure that their check-in is seamless. B, their room is going to be ready for them when they get to the hotel. They don't have to wait for anyone to check out, the room to be cleaned, and the room to be refreshed for them to go in it. That room is going to be ready if they show up at 9 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. Sunday. Sunday. Um, So to me, that's very important. You don't want to come off a plane, husband and wife, five children, coats, clothing, luggage, sitting in a lobby, waiting for their room to be prepared. Even though we'll have plenty of entertainment and plenty of food when they do get through that door, we want them to be able to go upstairs, relax, get their stuff together, and come down and enjoy Ben Cohen, Soul Farm, Eighth Day, Nachum Siegel, Miriam Wallach, Freddie Roman, and the entire Pesach experience. My executive chef, David Tafe, um, has planned from the minute you land to the minute you leave, you're going to have a culinary experience. Um, Having him and Masha as a partner has just been incredible um, for this project. And um, we, we we're just customer service, customer service, customer service. You're looking to do it right. And anybody who has information, they can either call Alan at 212, or if you have questions, rather, 212-971-9750, Or you can go to the event the 13th of February, meet the team. You can actually meet the team, interview them, and find out what they have planned. Uh, They're trying to cover every base. And... um, uh, for us, it's very important. As we said, it's a benefit for WFMU and JM and the AM. So we want as many of our listeners as possible feel comfortable there to come on down and enjoy the luxury of the Westin in uh, in Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, ben Cohen is here. Does ment- do, do do mentalist tricks work better on certain people as compared to others? In other words, if I wanted you to read my mind. I said to you right now, I'm thinking of a color, for instance. Are there people who would say that to you and it's really easy to figure out that they're thinking of the color red? And and therefore, are there people for whom it's much more difficult for you to read their mind and figuring out that they're thinking of the color green? You know what I'm saying? You you understand what I'm saying? There are different kinds of people. um, And you definitely want somebody who has um, a... um, I'm not going to say a stronger mind or a weaker mind, but you want an adult, somebody who has a solid... um, a solid understanding right. of, of things. See, I'm assuming you cannot penetrate this mind. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, is that is that? Uh, I'm thinking there's no way in the world you would know what color I'm thinking of right now. Not a possibility. Not a chance. Okay. As so great a mentalist as you are. So then we won't try that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're going, you're going on my hidden recommendation? <laughs> uh, apparently so. Uh, is there anything you could do on the air right now? I know this is putting you in a very difficult position because 99% of what you do, I would assume, is visual. I would assume you know that you are not made for radio, so to speak. But is there anything that you could uh, do with our audience right now, or a caller, or with me, that you know that would blow everybody away? Or am I putting you in a very uncomfortable position right now because of the nature of your work? Um, at the moment, um, I will let me think about it. I didn't okay. realize I was going to. No, I, I'm asking. Is there any audio, anything audio that we once had a mentalist here? And he said, write down, he said, write down one of the Hamisha Chum Torah. That's what he said to me, right? He said, write down one of the Hamisha Chum Torah. Okay. So if you could. I wrote it down. 
Oh, this is probably one of those invisible ink pens, no? Probably. So I wrote it down. Okay, so write it down. And should I write down the same one I did then? No, because I might have listened to that show. <laughs> no, you're not. That archive is from 100 years ago. Anyway, so I wrote it down, and all of a sudden we're getting callers who are saying, oh, my gosh, that's the one I was thinking of. I was in the car, and I was trying to think of which of the five it would be. All right, so now you're telling me, can I take this piece of paper off of this thing or not? Uh, hold this. Hold on one second. Um, yes. Okay, so you're ben, going... Ben Cohen is here, folks. Yes. Can I remove this piece of paper from the book you just handed me, yes or no? Just say yes or no. In theory, yes. Okay, good. Okay. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it on this table right here. I'm going to put it on this table right here. Okay. And I'm going to change it up. Okay. Because I was thinking, uh, can I do one of the five or not? Whatever you want. You could do one of the five. You could do one of the um, uh, Shisha Sidre Mishnah. You can do whatever you want. The first Gemara you ever learned. Okay. What should I do? Hang on a second. Alan has never seen me in such deep thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you've seen me in some serious situations, but never in such deep thought. <laughs> I just realized that February 13th at night's going to be a lot of fun at Lox, oh, New yeah. York. <laughs> I'm going to be driving Ben Cohen crazy. Are you nuts? I'm going to drive him nuts. All right. Here we go. I'm about to write down. I'm about to write down. One of the Chamisha Chumshe Torah. Okay. One of the first, just for people to the five books, books of Moses. Right. The five books of the Chumash. Right. They are known by five names. I am about to write one of them down. Mm-hmm. Okay. May I turn away when I write it down? Absolutely. If that helps you. <laughs> okay. Hebrew or English? Whatever language works for you. Okay, before you stop, stop, stop. Don't even finish writing it. Just You're thinking the thought in your mind. You didn't put it down on paper yet, have you? I put half the word on paper. But you haven't put the whole word on paper. Correct. Right? Okay, I just want you to think of it. Correct. I got it. I'm looking. No, 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 don't finish it. I'm looking at it. Think it. Think. I am. Okay, that's voracious. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hand this back to you. Okay. And then you'll handle this the way you want to handle it. You saw what I just wrote? Oh. Oh, okay. So it's obvious what mistake you made. Oh, yes. I saw I saw the first letter in your mind, and I just assumed originally that I saw the bays in your mind. You, let's try it again. Let's try it again. I'm sorry. Should we do it again? Yeah, do it again. Just so people understand what just happened, right. I wrote the B of Bamidbar, okay. and, and I, you I just assumed. Assume, I just assumed. I just saw in your mind. I'm sorry. Let's try it again. Can I do it on the same piece of paper? Sure. Okay. I am writing. I'll, I'll take my time. Okay. Very I'm, technical. I am. Alan, stay out of this. <laughs> I am writing. What should I write? I am writing. I am writing. Can I write the name of a masechta? Sure. Okay. I am writing the name of a masechta on this piece of paper. I have just completed the word and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking of it. Okay. I wrote. I wrote it in the English language. Okay. It's the name of a masechta. I wrote it in the English language. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking of the word right now. Um, let me ask you, in your mind, can you just please think of which one of the Shisha Sidre Mishnah it's part of? Yes, okay, I, I can good. do that. Okay. That's in my mind. Okay, right. good. So you're thinking of something in Moed. Good. Okay. Um, I want you to go a little bit deeper now. I want you to think of the actual Masechta. I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking of it. That would be Shabbat. Oh, <gasps> Get out of here! <laughs> oh my god! 
I'm a witness. <laughs> Imagine Nachum. He's going to him and his family are joining us, and they're going to be with us the whole ten days. I anybody who has any question about anything that just happened, Alan Schoenfeld is a witness to every step 100%. of what just happened in this studio. The only thing I will reveal, because if we're going to be 100% honest, I'm going to be 100% honest. Okay. When I asked you if I could write that piece of paper on something else, you did say to me, just write it on that original service you gave me. But I also have to tell our audience, you never saw that original service. I didn't see it. Was it was in my hands the I entire time. I didn't take it, it back. Like, it's impossible, unless there was a mirror in here, it would be humanly impossible for you to... To have any contact with that. And Alan saw that. Alan and saw I that. walked in with Ben Cohen today, so it's not like you had a pre-conversation uh, either. That's correct. I brought it's him not in like, here. It's like I said something to you, and then you went ahead and revealed it to him. Correct? I, was in, I yeah. couldn't reveal that if you paid Because me. Alan and I usually <laughs> talk about what my favorite Masech did. You know, that's usually <laughs> that's the right. <laughs> that was very interesting. But again, on February 13th yeah. at Lox, New York, at the Jewish Museum, yeah. they're going to meet Ben Cohen. That's L-O-X, by the way. L-O-X. Not L-O-C-K-S. No. no and no not one. L-O-C-K-E-S either. Definitely not. L-O-X, <laughs> New York. Um, you're going to meet David Tafe, Masha Balanzano, my entire team, their entire team. And Ben Cohen will wow you right then and there. So if you don't believe me, call me, send me an email, RSVP. And let's have a great night, February 13th. Let's enter our contest at our Facebook page, LegendaryDestinations.com. I thought I had you with that by Midbar. I know. Yeah. I thought I had you with that by But you know, I, I use that as my, my springboard to, to figure you out. <sighs> this is crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, I tell you. No predictions for Super Bowl, though? Oh, well, you couldn't do that. That's an event. You wouldn't know what the Super Bowl is. Although Mark Salem made himself famous with an Elvis prediction, right? He predicted Elvis's death. Really? And it was in the newspaper and the whole thing. Yeah. I must have been too young for that. Yeah, that was a long time yeah. ago. Elvis is dead. Yeah, that I heard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my thanks to Alan Schoenfeld and Ben Cohen. This speechless Nahum Siegel will continue here at JM in the AM. <laughs> Bye.
brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. By the way, with all the Super Bowl talk we've been doing, I want to remind everybody that Ken Friedman and Andy Breckman tonight at 6 p.m. at WFMU are going to be doing a show from inside one of the team's hotels here in Jersey City. No joke. You may want to catch that on 7-second delay tonight at 6 if you're as obsessed with the Super Bowl as so many people here in Jersey City seem to be. Uh, album of the week at 10 o'clock, it's going to be the Archadash, uh, Mark Zamek tells me. And at 9 o'clock right now, a replay of last night's 9 at 9 with Yossi Zweig. Plus, Yossi, of course, has the uh, live lunch coming up. Z-Report live lunch between 11 and 1 Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Plenty more tomorrow. Till then, Achim Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.